Now entering Nerdist.com. Jackie Cation, Laurie Kilmartin. Jackie Cation, Laurie Kilmartin. It's the Jackie and Laurie Show. The Jackie and Laurie Show. It's the Jackie and Laurie Show. The Jackie and Laurie Show. <sighs> All right, so we're... You're an honor. <laughs> Okay, first of all, we apologize for the sound. We've been trying for at least an hour, you know, to to figure out which apps to download. I'm on an iPad in Ohio, and Jackie is on a real system in America. And there's my laundry. I can't hear hear your laundry. Then everyone wins. Uh, (laughs) I'm not going to have time to do a dork forest this week because Andy's mom's are both having some medical uh, issues, so I'm going to drive up to Visalia. I'm hoping uh, to, to uh, somehow get back by Monday, but I don't know that it'll happen. But, uh, yeah. Oh, no. Is, there's been so many traveling. Yeah, they're fine. We'll figure it out. Anyway. It's uh, old, you, it's it's sort of old. It's old age stuff, like hip right, stuff. and old, and they, there's issues, and, yeah. It's... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sad, and I don't want to talk. Okay. <laughs> so, but stand-up comedy. Here's the here's the weird thing: is I have to uh, uh, I had to cancel my flappers in Claremont. I did it last night, but I can't do the two shows tonight. I got to go to. Oh, that's such a bummer! It's such a it's even though they don't get huge crowds, they're always they're really fun shows. Room. Yeah, it's. I mean, it can't be bigger than the Yuhu Room. There's probably sixty people there last night. Yeah, that's that's good. Forty. 40 people. <laughs> 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 let me just re- retcon. Let me let me vaguely re- reconstruct what the, what was there. It's um I would say this is who is it? Uh Augie Smith featured for me. Mhm. And um he's a headliner. So I'm hoping that he's just going to close the rest of these two shows. Oh, that's great. That's perfect. And then I, uh, and he loves Carmen Morales, and I suggested to Barbara Holiday that she book uh, Carmen Morales to feature. To Dude, just, to it, wor- <laughs> it works out for everybody but you. But everybody but me. <laughs> and it's an, am- I mean, that's an amazing show, quite honestly. Yeah. Yes. That's a great show. It's a great show. Last um, night's show, there was a guy in the front, there were three people in the front row who had to be kicked out during my set. Wow. Every time I've played that room, someone has had to be kicked out. The good you news know, is, is the club polices it. it they do attract some uh, some assholes. Well, I don't know a, why. It's a weird, Claremont is a weird, it's a big college town. And it's like, it was essentially the drunkest guy in the world. And then a mm-hmm. couple. And the, and the guy of the couple was also super drunk. And they genuinely thought, because of how small the room was, that they could, they were cheering like it was a baseball game yeah. at the good jokes. So I'm sure they got kicked out and thought to themselves, we got kicked out for laughing. We were just yeah, having right. too good of a time. <laughs> when yeah. in fact, they were completely messing up the show by shouting out, not just because cl- when they clapped, it was fine. It was mm-hmm. distracting. Mm-hmm. But it was when they would shout things, ruining the next <laughs> joke. Yeah, it throws you off your rhythm. And plus, you're spending a lot of energy trying to manage those people, like talk over them. Or like last night, I had somebody that was mumbling a lot, but I couldn't see who it was, and I didn't want to dive into it. Yeah. Uh, so I just would start 
I would just turn my body towards their table and start telling the joke and the mumbling would stop <laughs> just to let, let the guy know, I know what you're doing and I will fucking jump on you if I have to, right. but you know, trying to do it without causing an incident. Cause it, it like the show was like 80% done and I just wanted to close and jump off stage. Right, right. You were uh, so close. I, I, Yes. So close to completion. <laughs> I'm in Ohio. I'm in Cincinnati. And first of all, the comedy scene here, everyone is really supportive of each other. It's quite strange. <laughs> I'm wow. like, we're, we're the backstabbers that, that, you know, you, you gossip about in 10 years going, where did that guy go? Like you need, you do need a couple assholes in your scene no. that, that will become alcoholics and, or incredibly successful that you can talk about later well who doesn't love a good story you know the great thing about driving with augie smith is that he's always got some story he had a story that about walnut creek bill my hicks, hometown your hometown bill hicks did a club in walnut creek in like 91. the punchline it's the punchline punch yes and i guess dwight slade was there oh man and tells the story of how there was a, two women in the very front row of the punchline in Walnut Creek in 91, 92, and they were super loud and really interactive with the MC and the feature, and they wouldn't shut up, and then the MC and the feature tried to shut them up, and um, so Bill Hicks goes up, <laughs> and um, they, the first thing they say, he crouches down with his drink, and his microphone, he's crouched down. And it was one of those long ship rooms, I guess, right? So he's crouching in front of her, these two women and goes, so what are you bitches talking about? <laughs> and he's holding his drink. And one of the drunk women went to throw her drink at him, hitting oh. his drink and breaking both of their glasses. Oh, my God. And I guess the rest of the crowd could not see. And so, like, 200 people got up and walked out on him. Like, they were... And then, the, because of the crashing of the glasses, the two girls, the two women, screamed and drunkenly ran from the room. <laughs> and then oh my the God. rest of the audience thought that he had punched one of them with his glass. <laughs> and so they left. Except, get this, 12 people, like a dozen people stayed. <laughs> and Dwight Slade, I guess, was telling Augie this story. He said... The great thing about Bill Hicks is all Bill Hicks could think was, who are these 12 people? <laughs> who are the 12 people? The 12 people who said the show finally got good. Finally. Let me scoot up. Let me move to the front. What else is going to happen? He just punched a woman. <laughs> That's great. I've, that? I've, heard, I've heard he walked that, that huge amount from Walnut Creek, but I didn't hear that level of detail. That's pretty sweet. Well, that's the great thing about Augie Smith is that he knows. So Augie lost it on this guy. He was like, you can, the guy said, it's my first time at a comedy show. And he said, you have to know what it's like to be out at a live show, though. You have oh my to God. know that this is where the lights are and the camera and the wall. And this is, I'm talking and I'm t trying to tell jokes and you're not listening. And Augie's, of course, shouting all of this at the guy. And he <laughs> said, this is something you should know. You're an adult man. And then, and then he goes, here's another thing you may not know, I take it. Uh, don't punch babies. Do you know that? And then he, like, he listed like a bunch of things that were like, how about this huge reveal? Don't be, you know, Oh, that's whatever. great. That's great. And then, uh, and then he got off stage after trying to shut him down before I got up. And then I got mm -hmm. up and they, 
they were talking amongst themselves at this level, unfortunately. And right. I said, hey, you guys, you're in the front row. There's only 40 people in here. You have to whisper. Fucking whisper. No, don't don't let they can't talk at all. Right. Drunk people can't tell when they think they're whispering and they're not whispering. They're exactly. shouting. Yes. Yeah, you can't get they have no ability to judge how their voices sound. No fucking talking. <laughs> no talking. Just yeah. just just be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was insane. So, uh but and then there was um two there was an MC a guy named Hans and he mm-hmm. was he was good and he lives like out in Sunland and so mm-hmm. he he does, uh, he comes into town and does sets, but he grew up here. So he's one of those comics who started here, which is really hard, I think. I think, and by the way, just a side note, you can get some serious amount of land in Sunland for some decent money. <laughs> Same with Silmar. I've been just looking at houses going, God damn, these people are practically on an acre and it's less than a house in Burbank or anything. And it's just a couple exits away. Yeah, except for a couple exits in L.A. I mean, it took us... First of all, I landed yesterday at 2.30. So at like 3 or 3.15, I get in a lift to go to Augie's house to drive to Claremont. Oh. On a Friday afternoon from L.A. Awful. Wait, you all, landed from, from where? Where were you? Milwaukee. I was working with Liz Winstead. Right. And right, Gina right, Yashere right. and Ada Rodriguez. Isn't it Yashir? No, it's 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 Yashire. Yeah. Oh, shit. I've been saying it wrong for years. Uh, And um, first of all, those guys are murderers. They freaking D, all three of them. And Liz Winston, hilarious. She was like, because I was talking about clubs, and she's like, you know, (laughs) I haven't worked those clubs. She said, I can't tell you how many dude comics come up to me and are like, are you still doing stand-up comedy? Oh, my God. And she's like, yeah, the clubs will not book me because... I'm not opinionated in the right way. Like even like lefty male comics get work at clubs and, but she does not. And so she's had to create this separate, like, and for the last 20 years, since she created the daily show, she has been working like the rock venues and small theaters and stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, it's strange because I think she would fill a room. That's what I think. And she does fill a room. It's all about money with those guys. And yet, because she is so outspoken, they will not book her. And I in think fact, she's right. She's like, I don't mean to sound like it's a, a lady conspiracy theorist, but it feels sexist. And I was like, yeah, I don't think you're wrong. I think that's right. Because and, I uh, know that there's grumpy dudes who, uh, you know, worst case scenario, they're either right wing or left wing and they're button pushers and they book them all the time. I would yes. write names on a piece of paper if we were in the same place. Oh my god, I um, <laughs> I don't. Have I was to. <laughs> <laughs> just write them down as an exercise anyway, and show me later. <laughs> but when we were at Cobb's, she and I were at Cobb's together. I was opening for her, and she yeah. totally filled the room. She filled the room, so yeah. she could fill a regular. And Cobb's is gigantic. She could fill a regular comedy club easily. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And uh, it turns out both Ada and Gina do a lot of international stuff. Wow. And so I was talking at Gina does uh, Southeast Asia for a month every year. Oh, my God. Like where? In Vietnam and Thailand. <gasps> That's where she, you're going, dude. I know. That's why I came up. And she said, do you want work? I mean, it's uh, it pays yes. just okay. And I was going, yeah, of course I do. And then I also, there's a new comedy seller in Vegas. Oh, I got an yes. email from uh, the booker there. But Etsy? Uh, Etsy, yeah. 
No, not Etsy. 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 She also does crafting. I don't know if you know that about her. She does not. You know what? Never met her. No. She's. Dude, she's uh, the iconic head of the Comedy Cellar, yeah, the yeah. booker there. I mean, how, how cool is that? That and <laughs> it's cool that she asked me to do it, but it um, my problem, and I want to do it because I I would love to do the cellar in in New York. Yes, I mean they have like three rooms now. I mean, some the, those guys that are doing like twelve spots a weekend at the cellar are making so much money. That's Gina too. Gina said that that she. She just does the cellar, and, she's, and she feels she actually she I was she was jealous of you. She was like, I gotta get out and do the stand and all these other places. I just I got I got just sucked into doing all the all the cellar because they're within walking distance of each other. <laughs> it's it's the easiest thing in the world. You don't have to get, worry about getting a cab. I mean, yeah. SD will stagger the spots. You don't have to worry about oh, do I have an I need an hour between sets. You can yeah. Oh, and it's she's in right now. She's in protect a little protected heaven, and I say enjoy it while you have it right right you know because it may i mean it'll change. it'll go Everything away changes it, yeah it always goes away but it, you know <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but you know it, it, then it could come back too but but while you have that little zone while you're just walking from gig to gig there are yeah. three or four minute walks and you get a hundred or two hundred a spot on the weekend holy yeah. fuck that's amazing yeah it's a living is what it is yes yeah yeah what, uh, but the, it was, it's funny because this Vegas room, do you like playing Vegas? Have you done Vegas much? Um, I, 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 who, what kind of person likes it? That's I my know. first question. It's awful. Yes, it's awful. But, but you know, what you were saying, they're short spots, they're 20 minutes. I mean, they kind of, yes. that's practically a headlining set in Vegas anyway, but you know, it's, it's not that, that that's so bad it's it's just staying in a hotel in vegas for a week and yeah, five you know, days two shows it's not night, fun 20 minute sets the 20 minute sets i don't mind i'm glad there's two shows i mean because uh kira was talking about how much she liked bread she likes brad garrett's room because yeah. it's only one show a night which is nice except for that if i'm going to be in vegas i might as well do two sets a night yeah you know? can you sell merch there i don't know I doubt oh. it. I, the one time I worked Vegas and sold merch, the casino mm-hmm. took such a big chunk of it. Oh, that I was sucks. like, I don't wanna. I don't, there's I mean, no I, point. Yeah, there's no point in it. And it's at the Rio, which I don't know if it's the hotel rooms have been renovated. Mm. Uh, I would want them to. <laughs> to yes. I mean, Vegas. I, I. There's part of me that likes Vegas, and plus, I have. Uh, I like gambling. This is not this is not hmm. ideal. For, I mean, what I whenever I play <laughs> whenever I play Vegas or I play like an Indian casino, uh, I try to wait as long as I can before I start gambling, so that I don't because I I don't want to lose all the money I made. Right. I'll take one twenty on the way out, a one twenty dollar bill, and feed it into some slot machines and just wait till I run out of money. Yeah, I'd, and what I do is I take forty bucks and I go to a blackjack table. Oh, geez. I, like I don't even sitting. know how to play. Well, because yeah. I like sitting around with people. <laughs> and I used to do Reno every year, uh-huh. the catch. Mm-hmm. And um, I was hanging out in the casino because it was a silver legacy, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And um, some guy was telling me, he was like, well, do you want to learn how to play craps? And I said, I don't know. And this other guy was standing next to me and said, it's really expensive to learn how to play craps. And, um, and the old guy who was talking to me goes, you can play with my money. I just need uh, some fresh, uh, 
so I'm going to roll the dice that isn't been at this table because this table is stale. Or, I mean, some sort of weird mythological gambler's <laughs> reasoning, right? Right. And, uh, and so I won like $100. And so for like a hot minute, I thought I knew how to play craps. <laughs> and then I ended up losing like $400 that week. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't have $400. <laughs> no, that's... Don't you don't have that. Those those aren't Jackie Cation stakes. No, that, that's not. I I don't I don't emotionally want to lose four hundred dollars. I but here's the thing. I would spend forty bucks on video games. So I th I was like, okay, if it's an hour of playing blackjack for forty bucks, I would do that. That would be. That's just a, a thing that I'm gonna call a a good time. Mm -hmm. Well, the thing about that gig, it's a Wednesday through Sunday, right? Yep. Mm, it's not. Yeah. It's not terrible. It's it feel it's not like a, a hellaciously long week. It does. It's not a, a lot of them are Monday through Sunday. They just do stand up every single night, you yep. know. Yeah, and she was talking and uh, she was talking about adding a night and that it would be better. SD. better SD and that it would be better <laughs> night. <laughs> I know I'm gonna say it wrong, but uh, it's not Etsy. It's SD. No, it's a yes. great name. What do you th think? It's uh, short for like Estelle or something. I don't think so. She's Israeli, so okay. Who knows? So it might it's just be Esther. probably some Old Testament goddess that I haven't heard about. But I think Estelle is from the Bible, which is that first book. That no, the that's, Jews do Esther. Use. that's Esther. That's oh, Esther, not Esther. Estelle. There's Estelle no is Estelle. from <laughs> Estelle's from the Golden Girls. I think <laughs> Estelle might be from uh, vaudeville. Here's uh, get this. So I stayed with my brother in Milwaukee, and he is constantly telling me what he's watching on television. And mm -hmm. uh, he sometimes, and he has thousands of things saved on his DVR that he makes me watch. Um, he finally saved something that I wanted to watch. And it was Wait for the Laugh, the Rosemary story. Oh. Did you get to see that yet? No. First of all, he was like, Russ was so funny, my brother. He goes, you know, it's funny because she was such an inspiration to you when you were a kid. You loved Rosemary. She was on the Dick Van Dyke show. They were all, they were mm -hmm. all comedy writers. And mm -hmm. she was like the first woman comedy writer ever uh, that was portrayed the, on television. The character, yeah. Yeah. And here's the weird thing about Rosemary that, and my brother is such a nerd about uh, Hollywood history that he was mad at himself he didn't know this. The woman, Rosemary, was a child star on the radio before the war, she, uh, like in the 20s and 30s. She mm -hmm. sang from when she was three or four years old on the radio. Yeah, I, I, I remember reading about that. Like her name was Baby Rosemarie or something, right? That's it. She was Baby Rosemarie. And I never knew Baby Rosemarie grew up to be Rosemarie on the Dick Van Dyke show, who then grew up to be on the Hollywood Squares forever. Um, <laughs> I knew that. I knew that second transition. <laughs> So but, she was like a peer of Shirley Temple's, basically. Yeah, they were two. They were two babies facing off in the Depression, trying and, to scratch each other's <laughs> eyes out. Right, and, but Rosemarie's voice, as opposed to um, Shirley Temple's voice, she sounded like an old lady. She sounded like her. her she had the like an adult woman's voice at the age of. Four. Mm -hmm. It was. I feel that. I think that you did too. That's my sense about you. <laughs> That I always sounded like this. Yeah, very possible. I think you. I think you sound a thirty-eight when you were three years old. <laughs> I've always been thirty-eight. Um, I can't remember that year very well. <laughs> it was a hell of a year. Well, um, I, I, 
I flew. We had a flight at two forty from LAX. So here, oh, so I fly back from uh, New York on uh, on Tuesday afternoon. You know, I'm exhausted. I've done a done a lot of traveling, and it's not even been in the same place. It's bopping all around, and I'm just tired. And then the next day, I had to fly to Cincinnati with my son, whose you know leg is in a brace. Oh, and um, so so the flight was at two forty, and somehow I had it in my head that it was at five forty. And so I got a notice at 12, like one o'clock. Hey, you can check in now. And I'm, I'm like, are, are your flights on time? I'm like, oh right. my God. So, uh, and my kid was with his dad and I had him packed. So it, it couldn't happen. So I had to change the flight to the red eye and that cost 200 per ticket. Um, so that's basically doubling yeah. the airfare that I wore more than doubling it. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, uh, so we left at like 10:55, and um, and then he his leg wouldn't fit under the the seat, you know, yeah. in front of him because of the way it's straight. Yeah. <laughs> and so he kind of just swiveled and threw it over me, which is a real comfortable four hours. <laughs> but then his foot was bleeding into the next seat, and I and the lady was super nice about it, but um, wow. and she wouldn't let me buy her anything. I. Uh... <laughs> I, I was uh, like, let, let me, please, let me get about, you a wine. When you said bleeding. I was like, ew. And then I realized you just meant it was hanging over into it. Yeah, hanging over, hanging over. Just a little bit. I kept shoving his leg into his hip socket to, uh, you know, keep it. For, he was, he was starting to stretch out. It reminds me of when Laura House drove you to the airport and you threw forty dollars at her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drove remember me that. To the airport, by the way. Did you throw anything at her? No, I bought her breakfast. I said, hey, do you, oh, wanna, okay. you remember that one time? Do you want to drive me to the LAX and I'll buy you breakfast? That's nice. It was nice. So, but four hours and, and then red Awful. Eye. And we were awake the whole time. We got into Cincinnati. We got, oh, then we get to, we land in Cincinnati and there's like a truck uh, apparently ha- jackknifed at 4 a.m. So the traffic is it's like it, one of those historic traffic jams we're going to oh. talk about for 20 years that yeah, we yeah. drove into. Um, so it took forever to get here, and then we checked in, and that's it. it our sleep is all off. It's um, ridiculous. And then last night, I he's been staying at the hotel, and so I left – like I left for the first show, first show's at seven thirty, and I, you know, I have all provisions for him. He can't really walk, you know, he has to get up on crutches. It's a pain in the ass. So I'm trying to lay everything out. And all of a sudden the hotel key card isn't working. It needs to be rekeyed, but I don't have time to go get that done. So I just told him, Hey, if you, if there's a problem, you know, just get a new key or ask the hotel clerk to help you. And then I leave and I'm like, is this legal? That I'm leaving an 11 year old in a hotel room who's in a brace. Thirteen. It's true, <laughs> but I. But then the whole time I'm on stage, I'm like, "Is are the police coming for me? Like, if he if he you know hobbles down to the uh, the hotel clerk and she starts poking around and asking where your mommy is, uh, are the cops coming? So the whole time I was on stage for the first show Friday, this is going on in my mind. And every time I started telling a joke about hoping to lose custody, I'm like, oh my God, what if, what if this is actually about to happen? No, it's the secret. Um. <laughs> but uh, I guess they were fine. It, worse things have happened to children in Ohio than to be <laughs> left alone in a hotel room for an hour. Yes. So, so yeah. So, and then I brought him to the second show. The, um, 
the opener is named Lee Kimbrell, and he's, he let me drive his car back to the hotel, pick up my kid, and come back. And then, oh, okay. and then I just I told him, uh, you know, you could sit in the green room. There wasn't anyone there. It wasn't like it was a big scene in the green room. I didn't feel like I was imposing my child on people. Right. And um, he brought some you know, some drawing, uh, supplies and started making some comic book characters and put on his headphones. And I said, you're not allowed to listen to me. And, uh, (laughs) and so he just watched his favorite YouTuber, you know, got the club Wi-Fi, and, uh, didn't even know that I was on stage apparently the entire time. Excellent. There you go. So you've, you've still, when, when will, is it 16? Is that when he finally (laughs) gets to be broken? I just don't want him to know what I'm saying about him. <laughs> I don't want him to request that I stop doing jokes. I, I'm like, let me just get these on TV before he hears it. And then I'll say, look, it's already on TV. So it doesn't matter if I no, say I it No, I totally now. relate to that. It was uh, my dad almost came to the um, to the Lady Parts Justice show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go to breakfast. So Lady Parts Justice, here's what happens. So I fly in. I get there Tuesday night. Uh, Wednesday uh, the, what, what Lady Purse Justice does is they benefit a privately run and owned women's health care clinic in different towns. Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. it's great that you donate to it, but a lot of these privately run ones, they have uh, sort of just as the protesters are just as bad and they're, and they're, and they're also super depressing. So. Right. Um, what Liz does is she takes, she's got a, t- a lady parts justice team and then the comics all descend on this clinic and they like, they paint the walls if they need painting. She put up a bunch of posters. Uh, oh, I neat. put together some, some shelving, um, in, um, and helped, uh, clean out a, a, a storage room. Uh, wow. and then they buy these people lunch because they're usually just yelled horrible things at, right? Everyone who works right. there is just, just completely attacked. And wow. so we bought them lunch and we bought them Starbucks and we hung out with them for like most of the day. And like they did drywall, they did some upholstering reupholstering of some chairs and get this though. So I show up, they're already there. And right across, the place is called Allied Medical in, mm-hmm. in, in Milwaukee. Right across the street from it is a giant pink sign that says Women's Health Care. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm like, is that it? And there's a parking lot, which, of course, a real uh, health, women's health care center with, uh, that also provides abortions in addition to pap smears and stuff. They would never mm-hmm. have a parking lot because of car bombs. You, oh my God! Really? Yeah, they can't have parking lots. There's because people will park there and they'll just—it'll be awful. Because people oh who are pro-life God. are horrible and yes. want to kill everyone except for a pile of goo that's inside you that may or may not be. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so I go into the women's health care center, the thing that says women's health care, and I say, mm-hmm. "Hey, uh, is this Allied Medical?" And genuinely. Stepford wife walks up to me and says, I've never heard of that. Are you okay? Can I help you? Oh, my God. And I look around, and there's too many crosses, and uh, <laughs> there's too much spooky. And wow. I go, Are you, wait, so this isn't Allied Medical. And she said, I've never heard of them. How, um, is there something wow. I can help you with? And I said, and I just back slowly away. I'm like, I got I to gotta go. So it was a fake a fake health care center that, by the way, doesn't even have a doctor. You can't even get a mammogram. 
You can't even get a pap smear. You can't even get. Oh, of course not. All it wow. is is a bunch of uh, religious magoos uh, telling you what to do with your body. And so the next, so we do spend the day doing that. The next day is the day of the show. But that's the day that the protesters come and they have clinic uh, escorts too. So I yeah. just drive by to see if they want to go to lunch. And Gina and Ada and Liz are there. And there's three, of course, just 55-year-old grizzled white dudes. Oh, my God. Holding signs and, 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 and speaking condescendingly. And one of them tried to flyer me. And I literally, I said, when you let me legislate what hand you jerk off with, then I'll talk to you. And oh, I, yes. And I worked and I walked by him. I was like, I'm not talking to any of these complete morons. And, wow. Um, because, uh, but a life is so important, except for the life of the woman who's walking into the medical center. That woman's wow. life isn't important at all. So anyway, we we did the show that night. But my dad was like, hey, so me and my girlfriend who is in town, my father has a, a girlfriend that's perfect. She lives in Phoenix. And she visits like four months a year. And this is my dream relationship right now. Uh, that's you and Elliot Cation. Um, <laughs> what if I was your stepmother one day? Oh, my God. Don't even. He loves a blonde lady. Um, so it's. Uh, um, he was like, well, I was thinking of bringing Jan. And I said, it's a very political lefty thing. And he goes, Jan's super lefty. And I go, I don't know that that's true. Uh, as we drove by the mosque uh, in South Milwaukee with my dad and Jan, she said, I don't know about those people because there's a mosque <laughs> in South Milwaukee. And I said, I do. I know about them. They're fine. They're just fine. <laughs> She's not 100% lefty. Let's leave it at that. Let's leave it at that. And so, and a guy from my high school was sitting in the front row and Ada and Gina both busted us balls. And he said, uh, and then I get up and I see him recording me. Oh. He's videotaping me. And so um, I, and then for some reason he doesn't hang around afterwards. And so, I'm, and I don't have his email or his, uh, we just are connected vaguely on Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. And so he messages me and says, hey, can I post up the, um, can I post the video of you on the reunion page, the high school reunion page? And I said, no. No, it's my livelihood. Those are new jokes. Uh, here's a link to one of my sets. Oh, my God. Yeah, you have two Conans and a two Dope Queens. They can, uh, they can enjoy that. Exactly. Uh, professionals were involved. Why don't you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of wow. you. Because he, he, like, wants, he wants the glory for having recorded it. He wants to horn in on what you did. I mean, if he really just wanted to share what you do, he'd post a TV spot. Exactly. Exactly. And, oh, by the way, that thing you posted on um, Patreon. Uh-huh. That was great. It was sort of perfect with Kevin Hart going on stage. Oh, yeah. I figured no one would get mad about that or feel violated. But well, we wanted I wanted to do something for our beloved Patreons <laughs> because we don't have anything figured out yet. <laughs> right, the Patreon, Patreon thing isn't figured out. But uh, uh, did you see that I commented, whoever cut this is perfect because I don't think yes. this will offend anyone. And then I realized it was <laughs> you. You have to, and when you post something, put your initials in parentheses. Okay. But I your initials mine. are... Your initials are JK, which is actually kind of confusing. If, if it's like if my initials were LOL, I wouldn't add it to anything. <laughs> I wish your initials were LOL. <laughs> Let's do Comic of the Week. Yes. It's, uh, our Comic of the Week is Chloe Hilliard. 
Chloe Hilliard. We just, I just saw her in Montreal. So funny. And, um, uh, she's from Brooklyn and she's hilarious and she's like six one. She's super tall. It's Chloe (laughs) underscore Hilliard, H I L L A I R D. Yeah, it's in Chloe, C-H-L-O-E. Um, and, uh, you know, she's not like, she's not trying to slouch. She's like, I'm oh, fucking she's tall, bitches. every inch. Yes. She owns every yeah, inch, yeah, like yeah. Marcella. Yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. So, anyway, she's great. Check her out. She's got, she's, I watched I, she a also bunch of videos. Did a, it was great. She did um, Harry Connick Jr.'s show. She was a, I was like, wow, that, that's cool. I'm glad he had some funny people on. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, she's just like a sit-down guest. Yeah. Where um, uh, where are you, or when are you coming home? Um, I'm coming home on Monday, and okay. then I'm home for like 12 days. Oh, here's, oh man, I totally fucked up. So um, I thought we had, at Conan, I thought we had the week of the 13th. Uh, off and we we aren't doing shows but we're in the office right so i had booked i booked a week at uh, stir crazy which oh, is yeah, a yeah. thursday friday saturday so yeah. what i'm gonna do is fucking fly out of burbank on thursday at, like late afternoon there's like a 4 p.m <sighs> flight or something wow do the show fly back go to work d- fly back out again on fr- i mean this gig between these t- this plane fare that i had to switch because i got it wrong yeah and adding an extra flight I'm like what am I doing I'm not making any money doing these gigs I'm just practicing 45 minutes <laughs> Jesus which is some value but not really because here's an, no uh, I had the same problem so I don't begrudge lady parts justice anything at all right uh, that was a benefit I did not make any money so mm-hmm. um, I came home early to do this flappers Claremont which I cannot do anymore and that was only right. going to be another couple hundred bucks but uh the previous week, I was in Montreal doing the live Jackie and Laurie, and then I did a couple of sets. And from the Canadian, like, my flight was $736 U.S. Oh, God. I right. got paid $780 U.S. I had for the to whole... Give for, the, for all of it. It was $500 for the gigs and $400 towards airfare. All in oh Canadian, God. which is nine hundred dollars. So I got oh. seven hundred and eighty dollars in U.S. My flight was seven thirty-six. I had to give my agent fifty dollars U.S. for commission. <laughs> so it cost me six dollars <laughs> to do Montreal, which of oh course my God. is better than it is for the some of the young comics who don't make anything, and it costs them a lot more money. But uh, I'm a hundred, and I've been doing stand-up comedy forever, and people uh, should pay me to do it. So I'm supposed to go to Toronto to do the JFL in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And so I emailed my agent. I was like, yeah, I can't. I can't do it. Uh, see if they're willing to pay at least my full airfare, not money toward it. And uh, <laughs> Here's a contribution to your expenses. <laughs> what if club owners get wind of this and start doing it like that? that it, well, no, some that's of how them club do. owners sometimes do it. I've, I've, yeah, I've sometimes. I've such a variety of... Um, but there's, but okay, and then I got news. So there's the new club in Vegas, and then there's a new club in Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And what, did you say it was a Friday, Saturday? I think it's just a Friday, Saturday in Lincoln, Nebraska. So, but I don't know what it is, and it's small. 
You probably have to do it before a, a longer week starts so that you don't have too many nights off. So you have Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off, and then start a Wednesday through sa- Saturday someplace else, right? Yeah, I suppose if you could figure out a place to get a Sunday, Monday. I mean, like may- maybe there's a Yoder Sunday or, mm-hmm. or a Muller. But there's yeah. almost there's almost no stand-up on the road one-nighter-wise Monday, Tuesday. But we could do Liz Winstead stuff, which is what everybody's doing now, and just sort of... Oh, cool. Small rock venues and stuff like that, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to some little town that might have one Jackie and Lori listener, and then they could get everyone they know. Bring a date, and then your date should let. Maybe we do Utah. There's polygamy. We don't know. Um, Oh, I'm going to Utah. I'm so sorry, people of Utah. They're not polygamists. I'm going to do uh, Wise Guys this week. Oh, cool. Did you just book that? Yeah, I booked it probably three, four weeks ago. I forgot that oh, it was happening. Oh, that's cool. And, are you um, doing Are you doing Dry Bar that Dry Bar show, or is that a different no, club? What no, is no. that? That's not a club thing. That is um, a special. That yeah. I think is is a private. There's some sort of consortium, or like it's mm-hmm. it's owned by Squeaky Clean Entertainment Providers. In Mormons. You could say Mormons. Some of the, yeah. I think that, I don't know that it's it's connected with the church, but they're very mm-hmm. much Mormons, and they're selling it to Mormons and other people who like super squeaky clean. And a bunch of our friends have done it. Right. Like people that we know. And if you, and you get paid something like two or three grand, and it's a six camera shoot, and you get the video. And you can also rip the audio and turn it into an album, I think. And then, um, but the, I guess the real money is in the back end. Like there's clicks and stuff. Yeah. Click money. I don't know what that adds up to, but, but it, it, it is not, it's not unwise to have, if you had, even if you did, like how long is a set that you perform for them? Is it? I I think it's, you're supposed to do two 40 minute sets that are different. No, okay, that's not happening ever. But um, <laughs> no, nobody can do. That. But but it's not. Um, you but know, it it's not a good a, a good idea. To I, I doubt it. Who has that much? That's squeaky clean for Mormons. Any I don't number, think any, like many Kerm, good comics have Kermit that much. Kermit P.O., Ryan Hamilton, Tommy Ryman, ha- Karen Rantowski. Two forties. Two forties. They they all put it out. So I mean, I, when I was told what it was, I think I was told it was two forties. But they mu- must have changed it because there's no way anybody's. I think you're right. No, there's there. You can't. No, uh, I don't know who has I, I can't believe I'm friends with somebody as, who has two 40 minute sets of clean material. That that's not possible. Karen Rontowski has over like two million clicks because, and they left one of her sort of off color references uh, in the show. Did you tell? Did you hear that? I forget what she said. Well, did they, she? Uh, she said, "Oh my God." <laughs> and they didn't, then they don't want to, they, they, you can't use the Lord's name in vain, but right. she, I guess, had a save line that was so great. They kept it. Oh, about talking, about speaking, saying, oh I, I don't remember it. I watched her thing, but I don't remember that, but I'll, I'll, yeah, I I'll watch it again. I can't remember what it was too. And I don't want to spoiler alert it anyway. Cause, well, well yeah. I wonder how much she's getting from 2 million clicks. I don't, you know, that I don't know. Uh, um, all I know that's is she's amazing. Got, yeah. She's got two podcasts and you should buy her stuff. Yeah, Karen's great. Brad Upton had like 13 million within a couple days. I mean, oh, they wow. went, you know, he's he's really funny. He just talks about being he talks about a lot of stuff, but I think in his clip it was married and older kids and it was like 
it's, it did a lot. I wonder how much money that turns into. But what I'm saying is if you, if you or any comic has like 30 clean minutes, yeah. you know, you could flag it for serious because they, they, they're starving. I think there's a clean comedy channel that's, as you can imagine, starving for content. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I mean, just, uh, yeah, my first two albums, there's almost, there's, uh, I think there's two curse words in my first two albums. I wonder, do they know that? I mean, yeah, I think it, so. It, it might my... be smart to find out who they are. And because I know Ross, you know, Ross Bennett, no. you don't know Ross, right? He, okay. I, I he's been named him, Eddie, yeah. Eddie Strange way, way long time ago. You may have met him as Eddie Strange, but he has a squeaky clean, like he performs in front of evangelicals wow. and he's not evangelical. Um, so his album is, is that clean and he gets, he gets play on their clean channel because they, they just don't have as many comics as they need. You know, I mean, right. I mean, his stuff's really good, but it, it gets more play than it would on a regular station because they just need so much clean content. Yeah, I think um, Raw Dog plays most of my stuff. <laughs> yeah, Raw Dog is not um, clean content. It is not clean. It's got the word raw in it. Uh, it implies someone's not wearing a condom while they're listening to stand-up comedy. Um, <laughs> I don't want anyone lis- wearing a condom when they listen to my set. It's... Was it, I guess there's a new uh, scam. Augie was talking about, uh, he's writing a bit about how he got the scam. Where yeah. uh, he got an email from somebody that said, "We have your password. We have your oh, password. Man. We need uh, twenty nine hundred dollars from you in Bitcoin, and, <laughs> and or and and the thing is, is the password that they sent sounded mm-hmm. plausible. He's like, oh, that actually is something I might have used for a password, <laughs> and um, uh, the twenty nine hundred dollars or." Because we turned your laptop into a camera and we filmed you watching porn. Oh, and we're now here's the thing: it. <laughs> did it, did that say to Augie, "Oh man, th- this is bullshit"? Or you know what I mean? Um, that's a way to that's yeah, a Rorschach test really right hard. there. Uh, oh no! So he hasn't been watching porn nonstop then, because that's no, no. how you would get some comics instantly, well, or he, just men in general. Well, he was talking to his wife. He told his wife what he got, and she said, "You watch porn on your iPad." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was like, "You st- you still don't want your porn face out there, though." That's my point. <laughs> that's a private thing. What your face looks like while you're watching that stuff. That's private. I'd rather have a porn tape out than my face watching porn. <laughs> um, All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, it's weird. Like I have this feeling of like, I was really gearing up for this gala set, Yeah. you know? And, and now it's uh, so now set. it's, it's post gala. I have some other little jokes I'm working on, trying to expand a little bit. I'm trying to also add to a, a joke or a chunk that I felt was finished, but I'm like, well, there's more there, you know, yeah, I can, yeah. oh, I can right. add to that. Yeah. And then, and then last night I'm, there's still like some uh, closing bit that's from my CD. I still do sometimes. And mm-hmm. I did it last night and I added something to it. I'm like, no waste of energy. You can't do this bit again. <laughs> it stays frozen in time. Like a, like a child, a, a dead child. Jesus God. Um, <laughs> so, uh, oh, I have a question for you. 
Are what? you doing a set at all on Tuesday? Of this um, week? Because I have two sets, and if I'm still up at the mom's, I can't do it. So I need, uh, I might need somebody. One's at the Laugh Factory oh. with Ruben Paul. Oh, so Tuesday, what's the date? Uh, probably Sar the 6th or 7th. The 7th? I don't think I'm doing anything the 7th. Anyway, I'm open, so okay. I think yeah. I'm open. So maybe you can cover for me if I'm sure. still not back in town. Um, yeah, the Ruben Paul show at the Laugh Factory, Ada Rodriguez got me that. She was like, Oh, cool. Yeah, do you want Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right on. Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm available. My son just walked out of the bathroom of the hotel, and I almost passed out. Hello, young man. You can't believe the shits he's creating right now. These are these he are puberty. Out of the That's where he's supposed to create shit. <laughs> these are over here. puberty poops, Jackie, <laughs> and uh, they're horrifying. Um. <laughs> and they're going to help him grow. Um. so oh so here's the this other show i did in montreal this is after we taped our podcast right is i did uh the show called what's your fucking deal it's big j show oh right the and crab rap thing i thankfully didn't know how high the stakes were, how high were the <laughs> going stakes? into the show it, it a lot of people were there like people no one commented on my gala set but people commented on being they're like oh man i heard that show went great oh you know um so what it is is big j's on stage and ari shafir's in the audience there's always someone in the audience and the whole the whole show is crowd work and whoever's on stage talks to the audience and the person the comic that's in the audience with a separate mic goes around and finds people and and adds things in you know if you're if you're stumped you know maybe they'll chime in between the two of you you'll get some laughs out of an audience member and audiences know ahead going in. So they're, you know, kind of willing to be part of it. And, um, so big J goes and he and Ari like have the same brain. So they're finishing each other's sentences. They're chemist. It's like perfect chemistry. Okay. And, so the they so after Big J it's it's Tony Henchcliffe it's Kareem Green it's me it's Mike Britt and um, side note Mike Britt is so fucking funny I don't know if you've seen him he's I a haven't. New York guy yeah. he kills every time he's on stage and I can't believe he's not famous okay um, but anyway <laughs> but he will so, be. so nice Especially and funny if he's hanging out with all those guys and he's a New York guy all those guys the Comedy Central loves those guys. Yeah, so he'll I be mean, fine. He, he'll be fine. Mike, but Mike Britz, he's like our age and he's been doing, you know, he did VH1. He did Best Week Ever a lot. Like if you saw his face, you'd be like, oh, that guy. Okay. He's just a monster. I don't, I don't get it. Um, so anyway, so we're like after Big J goes up and crushes, you know, Tony Henchcliffe is like we're we're all just sort of going, oh, fuck, we're not. We don't have the Big J Ari sort of chemistry, you know. Right. And uh, but but. Tony goes up and does really well. And I didn't. Are Tony you Hinchcliffe. also riffing with, with Ari? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Tony, so Tony goes up and, and this is the first time I met him. Like I kept confusing him with the Andy Kaufman character, Tony Clifton. <laughs> so any, anytime someone said Tony Hedgecliffe, I'm like, I was like, wait, 
Is that a real it, okay, guy? And or is that is a, it a guy or is that a guy or is Andy Kaufman back? Like it always confused me. And so I never pursued it further in my head. I'm like, okay. So then I meet him. I'm like, you don't, you look nothing like Andy Kaufman. You're a completely separate human being. Oh, thank Great. <laughs> now I've got it. It's all filled in. All the, all the dark spots are filled in there. And then, um, Kareem goes up next and he does really well. And I'm just like, you know, and it's also super dude, dude dude atmosphere like most of the audience is men and then when they're talking to women it's guys talking to women about women you know how guys do and so i'm i'm like like a ball sack i know exactly what you're talking yes yes but 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 we've learned how to laugh at that because it's fucking hilarious yes and they're they're also you know the People are also they they want your point of view when you step on stage. So it's not like I have to go in there and pretend to be cool girl. I can be, I can Yourself. be myself, and yeah. they they liked it. So, uh, so you know, it ended up being good. And um, the I think the biggest they're the first big laugh I got was Ari found these two white dudes that were just like in their early twenties and just sounded completely high. And we were talking about, and one of them worked at a sugar factory and the other <laughs> one coached kids in his garage. And some, when, it, you know, after a couple back and forth, I just said their names and I said, so are, are you guys having an excellent adventure as in, you know, and then that got a gigantic laugh. And then I was like, okay, so if, no matter how the rest of it goes, I got my huge gigantic laugh. I'm good. And then we found a couple other people and it, it, it was fine. It was good. And then, so I get off, Mike Brick goes up, he kills. And by the way, it was so funny because we're not relaxed. Like, like big J is a guy where you could talk to him. And then during his name will be announced and he'll still continue the conversation as he's heading to the stage. Right. And then there's people like me and Mike Brick, Mike Brick, we're, we're pacing. Mike Britt is like, he's like a horse. He's like, you know, pawing at the ground with his hooves, you know, just waiting to get up on stage. And so he kills. And then, um, and then they start stalling a little bit because Kevin Hart's on the way. Oh, right. And so the audience doesn't know. And Kevin comes in with like five people around him. Right. And he's sitting close to the stage, but no one really knows it's him because it's, you know, it's dark and he's surrounded by people. And so, you know, that's when Big J announced him. I started recording and the audience goes crazy. Yeah. And then Kevin went up and he's very clean. And he's very family-oriented. That's sort of his persona, you know? Yeah. Well, not completely, but he was very clean here. And he wasn't – it's not that he was cl- he's clean, but he's not, he's not, you know, a roast guy where he's going to go up and, you know, just shiv people. And so he, you know, <laughs> he went up and he took control of the energy. And his step, set was completely him. And it was really nice. It wasn't like, you know, like, let me get these dum-dums like the rest of us were. <laughs> And uh, it was really great. So anyway, that was that set. And I, and then only afterwards when people started talking to me, I'm like, oh my God, there are a lot of people that uh, of import in that audience (laughs) that I didn't realize. And I'm glad I didn't know while I was pacing backstage with Mike Britt. I never know who any of those people are. So uh, you have a, it's a, it's a burden, I think, to know who they are. (laughs) Oh, totally. I think it's a real cross to bear. And because I literally just... One after another, and I'm just like, well, I'm glad you have work. Who are you? And uh, I'm just, I, I'm just trying to, <laughs> I'm just trying to do stand up, and I'd yeah. love for them to offer me other work. 
And and they do. I mean, I have other tasks and people mm-hmm. pay me for that. But um but I would be super like if I knew who everybody was, it would be kind of intimidating. So I I admire you for not I don't know, I admire the fact that you even know who they are. No, I didn't know who they were. I'm just saying when you go to the went to the Hyatt after the shows, that's the Hyatt's where everyone's hanging out from yeah. like midnight to two AM. And you, you know, you uh people would I didn't know going, Oh my god, that show was amazing or I heard it was amazing. <laughs> I prefer I heard it was amazing. Like yeah. not the I don't want to even want you to have seen it. I just want you to ha- hear rumors. <laughs> <laughs> um then I was like, God damn, there's a lot of people at that show I didn't I didn't know. I I, I didn't know it would be that attended because there's so many shows in Montreal that you just figure there's eight people at each one, eight, eight audience, eight industry people. And it seemed like a ton of people were at that one, maybe because they knew Kevin Hart was coming by. Uh, But also, you know, Big J shows, it's, uh, it's sort of his, you know, known for being very, very funny because he's he's really funny. He's one of the golden children of, of New York, I think. Yes. He's always been hilarious. So yes, for for good reason. Yeah. Yeah. He, so yeah. he he's a guy like he he not only recording. does. Cr- Why am I not recording? Oh shit! Oh, I am. Okay. Oh wait a minute. He's. What the fuck? Pardon me while I. Okay. Um. We're so close. Why would it stop recording? Oh my god! <laughs> Did it just stop? No. Okay. Oh, it's still going. It's still going. Oh, thank oh. God. <laughs> <sighs> hey, did we did we talk about the YouTube guy on Montreal? Was that part no. of the live one? I don't think so. I think that all went down After. afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Because I saw Hannah. Okay, we'll we'll talk. Okay, keep going. All right, go go. YouTube no, guy. Just, the, oh, the YouTube guy was Darren something. Night. Night. That's it. And he was uh, uh, super mean and gross on a panel, and then all the other people on the panel were like, "You're mean and gross." And then he went up and he closed. He was a YouTube guy. He has like 10 million followers or a million followers or something, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he didn't really do stand-up because he's not a stand-up. But he went up and he, was, and he mostly just complained. And it was this whole thing about uh, how you shouldn't use comedy or stand-up comedy or any comedy at all if you, uh, to, to talk about anything political, racial, or gender. Right. Meanwhile, this guy does a character called Southern Mama. Right. Dude. I mean, come on. That it's entirely political. It's yeah. Sociopolitical, so political, but, but it's political. But the best thing was is the fallout was so horrific that his agency <laughs> dropped him the next day. <laughs> ICM, ICM dropped him. God. And ICM is the agency that bought JFL from the people that owned it before. Like JFL is now owned by Howie Mandel and ICM. Right. Um, And it seems like they're, it doesn't even matter. It's like, it's like booking only your clients. It's that, that is hopefully, hopefully they won't be doing that. Yeah. But, but that has traditionally happened in clubs. Like when, when when, when the club bookers and owners, when they rep people, they only book their, Mm -hmm. The, the comics. Yeah, that? that happens a lot. It's double. Well, here's the thing, though. What's good? What What was cool about this year's? I mean, uh, it's new ownership, and they had they. You know, apparently, some guy that owned it for 20 years, like the entire time. The other two times I did it, I never met him, but Me was neither. sexually harassing slash assaulting women, right? And so 
the, he's, he's, um, you know, having legal troubles in <laughs> Canada and there's new ownership. And when you went to the award show, all the comics that got awards, not, there's not a single straight white guy amongst them. And, you know, and everyone, it wasn't like you were handing, you know, handing out prizes to people that didn't deserve it. It was uh, Tiffany Haddish and uh, the writers of Glow, the showrunners of Glow and Hannah Gadsby um, and uh, fuck, who else? uh, Oh, Joe Coy. I mean, it was like really good people that happened to also be not not straight straight white guys. guys. Yeah. So it seemed it seemed like they're taking note of the audience, what the audience is, is interested in as well, which is, um, the new, the new comedy audience, the boom comedy audience. Right. It's not, it's, it's not, more inclusive, you know, which means definitely more people and it's, show up to the damn door and buy your, yes. nonsense. your booze, yes. and your it's taquitos. Yes. It, it's, it's people that, um, aren't satisfied with just seeing a lineup that looks the same you know, all three, all three comics look exactly the same. You yeah. Know? And you went and to the awards too. I saw the, well, we got to, gosh, we, I'm, I'm not going to name names, <laughs> but okay. So Hannah Gatsby, she got the award. It was, that was really cool. And then, um, then I, I ran to go see her show. Right. And I, and I got, I got tickets to the last show, her last performance of Nanette and it was great. And she added some material that I hadn't heard in the special. And you could tell everyone had seen the special multiple times because the, the regular laugh lines were getting you know, okay laughs and anything that was new was getting massive laughs. So I don't even know what that feels like knowing going in that the audience knows every word you're about to say. That's it's, if you're an actor, I guess you're used to that shit for, you know, if you're doing Shakespeare, of course, but a comic it's, it's, it goes against your nature. So that's gotta be really hard. So then I, then I start, went down the Hannah rabbit hole and I watched a lot of her late night segments and a lot of the new stuff she had kind of done on panel so I was like oh okay okay um that's cool I'm good she's not she's not a miracle worker she's you know she <laughs> there's only so much new shit you can come up with when you're limited to the topic of something you already written right um so and then because of that I somehow I got in my head I was supposed to host a show at the comedy nest and I was supposed to host it at in this place called uh, Newspeak, and I arrived at the Comedy Nest, and you're like, "What are you doing?" They're like, "What are you doing here?" And then I found, and then I realized, "Oh fuck, I'm at the wrong venue." And the cab driver went on the there's there's an east and west side of Montreal. Yeah. So she she went the wrong way uh, when she was taking me to the Comedy Nest. So I got to the Comedy Nest late, and so that gave me no time to get to this other gig. And and it, long story short, I got there like two minutes late, and Mo Mandel took my hosting spot. So. You lost Which he spot. was more than welcome to, but I was like, oh, <laughs> um, right. I mean, right. I deserved it. To, but... Totally deserved it. Um, but um, I've just been pacing. Sorry. I hope I don't. Why am I out of breath from pacing in a hotel room? <laughs> That's a different conversation. It is. Um, but anyway, the um, yeah. So the I don't know the point I was making. Oh, so then. Fair. So Hannah, I guess, goes up on stage on another show afterwards. She's still doing stand up stuff. And, uh, I don't know what she did, but 
a white guy after her, who we know, yes. went up and started complaining and saying, I'm tired of having to apologize because I'm a white male. And it's like, oh, my God, really? Like, right. one festival that isn't white male centric <laughs> and the white comics are like, this is ridiculous. How dare they? And then the the, so, back, the blowback from that was that he's getting a divorce. He has a drinking <laughs> problem. He's having a bad month. And you're like, oh, is he is he on the rag? What's happening? I'm so sorry. <laughs> he he did apparently he apologized on Twitter and sure. I, maybe he apologized to her. I, I have no idea. So I, that's why I don't want to name him. You know, all right, maybe he's having a bad night, but I will name the behavior, which is just like ridiculous. You know, right. you don't, unless you know the person really well, you don't comment on their set. You just do your do own your set. set. Yes. If you're like really, if you're tagging a joke, that's fine. If you're whatever, if you're really good friends, I'm sure if Ari went up and tanked, Big J would, you know, totally destroy <laughs> him for 25 that, minutes. That, it would, but Ari would be loving, you know what I yeah. mean? Like you have to be friends to do that kind of shit. Yeah. And uh, that wasn't the case. It was just a weird case of sour grapes. Yeah. You know, there was another thing where um, there's been, you know, th- th- there's a there's a point where the ball busting even if you're close friend, like if you're close friends with somebody and 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 they and they bust on you, right? It's different than when that person's fans also bust on you. Yeah, yes. Because <laughs> do you hear about Inman? He he worked no. with Doug Stanhope forever, and right. He's just he he posted a thing on Facebook. He said, you know, Stanhope he busts me all the time, and other comics that I know, his fans are busting on me so hard. That I'm literally, I'm muting and blocking all of you bastards because it's just overwhelming. He was like, I can't, I, I, you know, I take it, I take it from him and I take it from my buddies, but I don't need, you know, another 1100 people calling me a piece of shit. And, um. Uh, I quite honestly am on James Inman. I mean, take care of yourself, man. (laughs) Well, it's also like somebody, it's so funny how Elon Musk is now everyone's mocking him. You know, (laughs) it turned a corner where every you can without being, you know, doxxed by a a team of incels. And, um, (laughs) um, but, uh, uh, somebody wrote an article about how his fans are so toxic, you know, and he sort of disassociates from them, but, but, you know, you could put in a word to your fans. Hey, don't don't go after. Don't you know? Try to uh, don't threaten to rape anyone who uh, criticizes me. Like yes. that's the least you could say, right. honestly. The Pax guys had the same problem. The um, the uh, <clears throat> PVP. God, I forget. They have a they have a web comic. They they do a nerd um, con up in Seattle. They do it in Austin right. now. They do one in Australia. And um, allow me to say this. They're nice enough guys. Uh, but they did not <laughs> They did not stop the vitriol. Because I guess there was some backlash for one of their, one of their comic strips about four years ago. And, uh-huh. they, and they stuck to their guns. They said, it's just a joke. Back off. And, um, and then the women who, um, who were mad about it, all of their fans, like, just got on them too hard and it was it, yeah you have to use your powers for good if you have fans the jackie and laurie fans come on man and uh, <laughs> be decent to each other man what well, what did you say to that <laughs> are you having an excellent adventure hey guess what yeah. we're at an hour what 
Hooray, we did it. Oh my God, I spent an hour downloading apps in Cincinnati uh, trying to make this podcast happen. I realized 10 minutes ago that I should have had my headphones on the whole time. So I hope Kyle can make this a beautiful thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Anyway, good luck. Now leaving Nerdist.com. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.